Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. This is Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. We are sitting right here in Xnode, Shanghai, in the heart of Shanghai, right by the Jinan Temple, the Golden Temple, if you know Shanghai. And my man, Kapil, Kapil Kane, Kapil Kane, Master K has brought us me. He's been very, very good today. He's been a very good host. We did uh, China Accelerator and now we're at Xnode. So obviously we are the guests of Jasper. Jasper, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good, man. Um, so you run Xnode. I, I can't say that I run Xnode. I'm part of the team. Right. Part of the team. Okay. So what exactly is Xnode for those that don't know? Shanghai. Sure. Uh, so we're a co-working space and a startup accelerator. So we have a, a physical co-working space here, uh, three floors in Jing'an, and then we do uh, startup acceleration and uh, actually accelerator programs inside corporations as well. Okay. And, and where are you from originally? Uh, Canadian. Uh, right. From Vancouver. Uh, and yeah, uh, came over here about two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago? Yeah. Wow. So what was the, uh, the idea for moving here? Uh, I've got an uncle that's been living here doing business for 15 years. I was in the middle of uh, studying both business management and uh, a little bit of computer science. Uh, and I was a little bored, so I came over to visit my uncle uh, for three months. Two and a half years later, I'm still here. Uh, it's the short story. What was it that sold you about Shanghai? Uh, Not Vancouver. <sighs> Vancouver's a pretty cool place. It's a very cool place. Uh, to be honest, it was just a little restless. Uh, if you, you know, when when the idea for China came up, it wasn't like I, I planned that. It was very much just my uncle's there. Uh, I've got a sort of in. I've got a place to crash for three months and an opportunity to go see something. So that was pretty much it. Uh, nothing really specific. Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at ATP Show. How's your Mandarin? Uh, All right, so you're sitting next to two Mandarin speakers. Are they nodding with approval? The pronunciation is very good. Good, good. approve. All right, Jasper, we'll come back to you in a minute. You're on your right-hand side, so my left, Vincent. Hi, everyone. So where are you from originally, Vincent? I'm originally from Hong Kong. I right. was born there, uh, and then after, uh, during high school, I went to Canada for a couple years then in the U.S. for eight years. And now right. I'm in Shanghai for 12 years. 12 years? Yes. Is that uh, the longest? Yes. Right. Us, yeah. yeah. 12 yeah. years. Because we, we did the podcast earlier today and we had Jeffrey, who was what, 10 years. I mean, yeah. Jeffrey's been in China forever, yeah. right? But Oscar, mm-hmm. about uh, 10 years. I'm 11 years. Yeah. 12 years. So you've seen a lot of change. Oh, massive. Right. I mean, it's just like mind-blowing. Right, changes. Right. Yeah. You, you brought up in Hong Kong, so you would have been a Cantonese speaker, right? By I'm your a family? Cantonese. I'm a bit unique. I would call myself a half Shanghainese because I can speak fluent Shanghainese right. because my parents used to live here. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 I use Shanghainese a lot and I, of course, I speak Mandarin. All right. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about your startup in a minute, but mm-hmm. just a very top level view of what you do. It's in fashion, right? Yes. I help, uh, fashion startups to learning to grow right, to really yeah. scale their business is there a big fashion scene here in shanghai massive it's really big yeah. it's it's the it's i would say it's the biggest in in china and right. one of the most important scene in in the world because it's really up and coming right yeah exactly with the chinese middle classes yes yes you know they, they love fashion they love yeah. brands the, the middle class, also with the uh, the massive supply chain we have mm. in this textile fashion industry, is just make us uh, Shanghai and China very important. Yeah, excellent. I look forward to digging a little bit deeper into your background and your business as well. Just passing this over. So on my right, Carmen. Hey guys, I'm Carmen Wang. How you doing, Carmen? I'm good. And so what's your story? Where are you from, Carmen? Uh, originally, I'm from uh, Nanjing, a mm. city which is like. Wow, two hours by fast train right. from Shanghai. Yeah, I, I you got to forgive me, Carmen. I don't know a lot about Chinese geography, right? So Nanjing, I mean, is is that a big city? It's like like ten million, twenty million. I mean, that you know, like in in China, like tier two cities are like ten plus million, right? Yeah, it's like a ten plus million people. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. quite a big city. Is it sort of famous for anything like business wise? Is it sort of a startup? Uh, I don't know much about the 
city myself because yeah. uh, I kind of left the city um, uh, many years ago. Right. I went university in another city, yeah. so I feel more familiar with Shanghai than right. my own hometown, actually. Uh, and you, you went and studied in the States as well, didn't you? Yeah, I studied in U.S., I studied in Spain, in Italy, and India. Wow. Yeah. Where did you go in India? Mm, for a program to right. learn the um, innovation in emerging markets. Mm. Yeah. Did you know that, Kapil? <laughs> I knew she was in India. You know, you could have just come to me if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a long story about Kapil trying to open a bottle um, corkscrew. <laughs> Director of Innovation for Intel, China, <laughs> sitting behind me. But okay, so you, you, I mean, that's fascinating. You went to, say again, you went to Spain, yeah, Italy, to, yeah. India. Uh, India and the US. Wow. So is that typical of your generation of Chinese to go to all these places and travel mm. and sort of really go out and absorb different cultures? Um, well, uh, personally, I'm from a very humble family. Mm. So I would say, like, uh, for me, it's not. Uh, Europe. It's right, not right. normal. Like yeah. when I told my parents my decision that I'm gonna quit my job and go study abroad, and actually my dad was uh, panic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first impression he had was like, no, don't go. <laughs> right. Yeah, Did but, they have sort of designs for you to sort of follow a safe career? Yeah, he think that was the wrong decision for right. for he his generation. He think yeah, yeah. like uh, it made sense. Yeah, right? like. Yeah. Uh, uh, like a 30-year-old like woman should just get married and yeah. have a stable job. That, yeah. yeah. Are you seeing that? I mean, I'm sort of always amazed when I come to China just how many female entrepreneurs there are. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously I'm based in Tokyo, Japan. It's very, very different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is a sense. I mean, we were downstairs we were watching the wagon, talking to Donan. Donan, yeah. One of the, the people that runs the wagon here in Shanghai. And he was saying, like, the, the coders here are 50-50, females, males. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you know, you go to Japan, it's like 199. That sort of, honestly, seriously, it, mm -hmm. it's, you just don't get that kind of involvement in technology and entrepreneurship in Japan. But what is it about China that you just see so many female entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll let you answer that first. Obviously, you're the most qualified, really, to say this. But... Um. I think uh, part of the Chinese, um, you know, everyone knows that China has developed so much during the past 20 years. I think uh, a big contrib contribution about that is from women, because like nowadays women are uh, more free to do what they want to do. And the society are free, very free to them. They can choose, like uh, they can choose work, they can choose to start their own company. And the society doesn't have that pressure on them. So a lot of GDP actually is uh, contributed by women, by female. And that's how actually when we talk about the difference between China and India, that mm. is uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, difference. Mm. So that is uh, one of the reasons why people see a lot of uh, female are actually very successful and ambitious in China. Yeah. While you were talking, Carmen, Kappel was just whispering in my ear here. And this is a good excuse to bring in Master K. I want to sit in the hot seat and ask a few questions. Because you know Shanghai better than everybody, I think. Okay. Let me grab better my... Than, better than everybody. What? Better than everybody. Oh, okay, sorry. Better than me. <laughs> which is not... Which is everybody for this podcast, right? So, Except for Vincent. He's been here one year. Except for Vincent and everybody else sitting at this table. But, I mean, his, his, he just showed me some data on the wagon and, and female... Was it female... Number of female entrepreneurs in the program. Right, right. And it was 30%? Uh, 50, more than 50% in oh, Shanghai. Yeah, yeah number one. In number one. Of all the Lewagon. Whole world, the top is Shanghai. 50% mm. uh, of their entrepreneurs are females. Wow. Uh, then there's Marseille, Lisbon, and down below they have Barcelona at uh, 7%. Wow, that's phenomenal. <laughs> Kapoor, I'm going to offer up my seat because I think you can ask some amazing questions to these guests about their experiences of Shanghai and really, you know, because what I'm doing is I'm going out there to all these different ecosystems across Asia and finding out what makes it special. You know, what is the vibe here? What's going on? So we've got obviously Jasper, who's really sort of helping nurturing the, the startups here, right? And Vincent, who is a startup here in fashion. And Carmen, you're 
in the process of starting a business. Yeah, we have actually already a, a three-year um, U.S.-based startup uh, in augmented reality field, right. and I just joined the company a few weeks ago. Right, so, right. Yeah, I'm trying to help them to enter Chinese market. So, Kapil, I want you to come and sit here and ask some questions about their experiences as well, based on what you've, I mean, because you're sort of the granddaddy of the, the Shanghai scene, I think, so in terms of experience. So, are you okay. happy with that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can ask I, these guys some questions because, uh, I, I, you know, because you can ask better questions than me. I want to know what makes it special here and also sort of, you know, what are the, again, what are the challenges of living here? Because I think one of the conversations that came up earlier today was that it's not for everybody. You know, there's a certain type of person that really survives and thrives here, right? All right, so uh, I'll ask my first question to Jasper, right? Uh, what they say is um, they have a Shanghai hump. So if you pass, overcome that hump, and it used to be four years when I came here. They say if you stay in Shanghai for four years, you're going to stay here forever. You've been here two and a half years now. Um, do you think you're going to stay here a long time? If yes, why? If no, why? Uh, I, th I think I am going to stay here for, uh, well, I think I'll cross your hump. Uh, <laughs> cool. okay. So I think um, I think four years is probably going to happen. Uh, I've taken on in the, in the last few months a pretty new exciting role at Xnode as part of the team here. Uh, and that's uh, pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about it. And I could see myself running with that for the next few years. So if that's the case, then yes, I will cross the hump. If that means forever, uh, <laughs> and I know everybody probably says that, uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, my uncle ended up here for 15 years, as I mentioned earlier, so I haven't ruled it out. Uh, but yeah, not not really sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad you know that you'll be here at least another one and a half years. We yeah. can have some fun times. At yeah, that means that means a few more balls of wine. Yes. Yeah. The, oh, by the way, by the way, I have to say, you, listeners, you can't see this, but I just want to describe the scene. You've got four guys sitting around the table here, including myself, five, right? And we're all drinking a bottle of wine, which was just kind of lying around, right, at X-Node. But this is like Friday, which is a holiday here in, in China, right? Yeah, it's a national holiday. Fridays are not normally holidays. Yeah. Right, right. Just, just this Friday. But they're all sort of at work, but they're, they're hanging out, having a glass of wine and just chatting. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so for uh, the next one is for Vincent. Okay. Uh, so you run a start, um, a fashion tech accelerator, yes. right? Uh, what do you do? You know, like what exactly do you do? You know, this is this is the first fashion accelerator I have heard of. Uh, yeah, so can you like help us explain what you do and you know what are the kinds of fashion startups that come to you? Okay, so I'll backtrack a little bit because um, the reason why I, I started this along with uh, my couple of co-founders is that uh, my other co-founder Emily and I we've been in this industry for a long time. She's been in this industry for 20 years. She's been teaching in Shanghai in the fashion schools. And I have been in this industry for 12 years doing a family business on, on, on manufacturing. So um, what we realized is that this is a the fashion industry. Is a, it's a very uh, old school techno, uh, in industry. And that um, we wanted to, to, and, and, wanted to grow, want, want to help this industry to get more uh, innovative, more technology into it. And the past few years that uh, technology start and innovations are starting to uh, really influence our, our industry like uh, VR, AR, uh, wearables, and uh, new materials like nanotech, all these things. So what we want to do is to really help these startups to, to grow and to scale. In, in in this industry because it's not easy to do it in this industry. So we want to use our experience and then just share with them and then help them to guide to guide them and to grow. Yeah. Can you give an example of uh, something you're working on that is uh, might excite us? So we we are helping one startup right now and then they're in the subscription business. They use AI to help to the 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 um, their uh, their clients their the consumers to. It's, it's like Stitch Fix, so to really uh, find the styles they want using AI and also human. So what we're helping is on their operation and, and some of the, uh, um, the back-end side to, to, to really uh, better target what the uh, consumer wants. So that's one thing I, uh, we're working on. And on the side, I work on this uh, uh, 3D printing. I've been working on a lot of 
uh, 3D printing right now. So especially right now, I'm I'm uh, doing a 3D printing bra project. So trying to use uh, 3D printing and then uh, to see how we can do like customized bras for for women. That's what I'm working on. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it's basically you need to scan their bodies first and then custom make a a bra cup, right? Yes, that's the challenge. I think scanning. Yeah. <laughs> I have figured out how to do that later. But right. yeah. <laughs> but but the uh, the the process of the the material and all these things pretty much got it down. But the scanning part, yeah. That's yeah. That's the real <laughs> challenge. Yeah. So so like Carmen, you know, so you 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 were all over the world, right? You went to US, Italy, Spain, India. What brought you back to Shanghai? Why did you come back to Shanghai? Well, I've traveled around and uh, at the end, I think, um, well, if I wanted to start my own company to be an entrepreneur, I still think China is the best place. Um, It's the biggest potential market and I have all the Advantage is the language advantage. I have the resources connections here, so I figure out if this could be the best place for me to start my own company. And what are you working on right now? Uh, right now, I'm working uh, on an augmented reality company. Uh, this is a, a U.S.-based company, and they developed this uh, um, uh, augment, uh, augmented reality um, software. It's a as um, software so- as a SARS, service. Yeah. It's a SaaS software um, for AEC sector, which is architect, uh, um, uh, an engineer, and construction sector. So basically, we are helping them to convert a 3D model into a 2D image and then um, present this 2D image um, in an augmented way to show people a 3D model. Yeah. Cool. I think uh, pretty awesome. So coming back to Jasper, right? Um, you, the the accelerator you're running is for scale ups, yeah, right. Yeah, and I have not seen such an accelerator anywhere, right? Most of the accelerators are for early startups, and you had this idea of uh, accelerating scale ups. Yes. Um, where did the idea come from, and why you are you know so crazy about this? Okay. Uh, well, I have to go back in time a little bit. Uh, a little while ago, we decided to work with the Australian government uh, to run something called the Australian Landing Pad uh, for Shanghai, where we set this up to be able to help basically Australian entrepreneurs or uh, startups coming into Shanghai. Uh, they've set up five of these globally, uh, and Shanghai is their China one. Uh, and so they decided to work with Xnode as the partner for this. Where are the other ones? Uh, Shanghai, Singapore, Tel Aviv, Berlin, and San Francisco. Cool. Um, and so they, they're all built with the same focus to help Australian businesses basically go global. Um, and so they were looking a little bit at that uh, market of uh, sort of startup companies, technology companies that had uh, sort of gotten some early traction in their home market or had kind of um, actually uh, captured a large chunk of their home market and were basically looking to expand overseas. And uh, so we helped them set up this program. It was a year, about a year and a half ago that we kicked this off with them. And I was actually leading this this project. And um, uh, we've been doing that. It still runs. Uh, it's doing quite well here. And particularly in Shanghai, uh, in China, it was really uh, creating a lot of value for these entrepreneurs because the barrier to coming into this market is just so much higher than anywhere else in the world. So... Uh, I took some of the learnings about that. We saw a lot of uh, patterns in uh, the challenges that companies were facing here and uh, decided to basically apply that to uh, you know, any startup that wanted to join from around the world. Uh, and, and that's sort of the, the thesis behind the program. You know, There's a lot of accelerators these days. Uh, most of them are built on the sort of investment uh, and equity model. And that works really well for early stage startups. But when startups are coming to China, uh, so much of the, the unknowns mean that we need to rethink the business model a little bit. We need to revalidate the value proposition with the customers. Uh, and so some of those things become relevant again uh, for later stage businesses. So that's why I think uh, you probably haven't seen a lot of them anywhere else in the world, uh, but why I think it's actually really important here. And there wasn't really anything serving that. And so I kind of was, uh, you know, inspired by that. And so that's kind of how the program started. 
Cool. Uh, you know, switching gears a little bit. Uh, this is a question about Xnode in general, not just what you're doing. Um, you guys are today pioneers in accelerating corporate projects, right? Started with mm-hmm. Intel. Yes. Now you have many more coming in. Yeah. Um, what you know? So it's it was a, like a bold move, right, to move into like corporates and tell them how to innovate. Uh, what what makes Xnode so special, right? You know, because right now I see you know the uh, the corporate innovation salons you have, the roundtables you have. There are like so many corporates coming in. Uh, what's the the secret sauce? What do you guys bring in there? And what do corporates look to someone like you guys to bring in? Uh, well, it's a complicated question. There's a couple layers there, um, but. Uh, the way that it all started was, as you said, with Intel, with you guys, uh, and uh, that was quite some time ago. And and really, we were working a lot with startups and had never really even thought about corporates. Uh, you know, Xnode's three years old now. Uh, we started talking with corporates about a year in. It was never really something that was planned from the beginning. But uh, we were working a lot with the startups, and, and the corporates were coming to us, and they're saying, we're struggling with a few things. Uh one of them is that startups now uh, possess incredible potential to disrupt corporates. We've seen it all around the world these days. Uh, they capture small markets and then uh, just expand into crazy big companies uh, very quickly. Uh, so uh, some corporates are worried about that. Uh, others are also just looking at like uh, what this can bring to their internal staff, uh, you know, the sort of empowerment to... Uh, take on uh, a new role, uh, kind of act like a founder and a CEO within the company. Uh, And then also a third element is that sometimes they're now looking to actually uh, integrate external startups into the businesses that they currently do. Absolutely. So we're doing kind of things in all three of those areas. So we do a little bit with sort of like empowering uh, staff from within. Uh, We do a little bit with actually helping corporates to actually innovate like startups. So taking uh, actual corporate projects uh, that they have within their company and taking them to market and evaluating uh, the business opportunity much quicker than corporates have been able to traditionally so like do. Like you do with Intel. Yes, exactly. So this is what we're doing with Intel. Uh, and then also, uh, like I said, with Pernod Ricard, actually integrating external startups in uh, to do partnerships or proof of concepts and uh, basically create opportunities for collaboration there. So that's sort of uh, yeah, that's so it's like a clear difference between you and China Accelerator, right? So China Accelerator does it uh, in uh, to grow their investments. They invest in the startups. Yeah. You do it as a service. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, okay. I'll come back to you. Sure, uh, so, sure. So, so Vincent, what, yes. why why did you choose Xnode as your partner or, you know, to place to be? Um, I think there were two things because... Um, both uh, Exno founder and I are, are EO members. So we are. What is EO? Can you uh, entrepreneurs organization? So we are like a, a worldwide organization for entrepreneurs. We have over like thirteen thousand members worldwide. We have about we have over a hundred uh, members in Shanghai now, one hundred forty, I say, between two chapters. So we share this the same um, uh, uh, the value of EO, like learning and sharing. Uh, uh, so that and um, and I know him for quite some time, and then I was like, and I also see that Xno is really a uh, a unique, I'll say, in uh, incubator in Shanghai because it's it's the most global one I have ever seen, and it also has a lot of uh, provides a lot of value and service to the startups, not just um, like really the the tools I would say to help these startups and the. Uh, connections to help them to really grow to thrive oh cool and so mm-hmm. let me you know like talk about little like you know personal experiences mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. um you said you've been in shanghai 11 years now yeah 12 12, 12 years, years. Yes. what still keeps you here uh yeah because you know like uh fashion industry you could be anywhere you could be in milan you could be in hong kong new york mm-hmm. why shanghai it's it's thriving. It's it's really there's so many things going on. I think this is gonna be the uh, like the future of uh, Shanghai. Will be like a the one of the major metropolitan city in the world. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here. My my family here. You just saw my wife, my yeah. kid. So um, 
I that's I I see the opportunity and the the that's where I I think uh, and also um, the resources I think because uh, it's a it's a very global city so there's a can have a lot of resources for connecting with uh, connecting startups and connecting with profes- professionals. So um so maybe next Jasper um is there anything you really you know like uh, any pet peeves about shanghai for you other is, than other a, than pollution and and traffic that's a very different uh different question um pet peeves Challenge. oh Challenge. no i tell you one thing <laughs> and it's very pet peevish okay uh most people in Shanghai don't move to the le- to the right hand side of the escalator. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm, I, I yeah. move very quickly. <laughs> I, I told you it was small, but it, every day on the metro, I get stuck behind people yeah. trying to go up the escalator, and it drives me crazy. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's the rule? Everyone should is slow slow traffic on the right hand side. That's uh, yeah, it's, that is a rule, but no the, one follows on the, it. It's on the road. Yeah. It's and on that's sidewalks. That's why I was late to see you. You know, it's like every every interchange, I was stuck behind people. Shanghai is better. It's I mean I still I do see people lined up on the right, but not all of them. But if you go to other city like Hangzhou, they're just like boom. You cannot get through the L. <laughs> it yeah. means that I actually take the stairs a lot, which is probably a, I guess yeah. a good thing. But uh, it still drives me crazy. But you know, line nine to seven interchange, those like stairs are like you know three stories. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what about you, Carmen? You know. Um, Anything you wish we could change in Shanghai? Yeah, I wish the um, the price of the house could be <laughs> <laughs> affordable. <laughs> affordable, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Other than that, I I don't have anything to complain. Well, I think. What is it like price wise for what's a one bedroom apartment? Uh, for example, like um, right now I'm renting an apartment and. Uh, Three years ago, before I left my, I'm still living in the same apartment for like the seven years already. So three years ago, when I left Shanghai, and at that time, that apartment uh, cost about one million dollars. And right now, after I come back two years later, after I come back, and the price of that uh, apartment is over two million dollars just in two years. And this is. Uh, yeah with the same uh same amount of money you can easily buy a nice beach house in LA so <laughs> i don't no. get it why people buy a shitty apartment you know, yeah, and it's a small it's a small apartment right like it's in in shanghai it, it's pretty cramped living it's it's not small it's like a 150 square meters okay, it's yeah not yeah it's not bad for 2 million for over 2 million like almost the 3 million yeah yeah and it's uh, over ten years already that apartment. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, I'll hand it back to Graham um, <laughs> because we need to go talk to other folks as well. So maybe yeah, yeah. you can do some like closing in. Yeah. All right. Um, we've had quite an amazing day. I mean, just to put this into context, I turned up at uh, Shanghai Airport at I don't know what time. Twelve. I don't know. Might look. I lost count. Straight from the airport to the hotel, I had a meeting at the hotel, met three students who are on here from, is it NYU? NYU. They've got like a, they have to come over for a semester here. I met them, heard about their stories, checked in, met you at the, the subway station, went straight to China Accelerator, did a podcast, met everybody at China Accelerator, and then we turned up here at Xnode, met all you guys. Everything here just happens quite fluidly fluidly if that's a word right you know it's like it's so easy to talk to people and you know i don't know how this would happen in another city like you know we could be in london or we could be in new york or could be in tokyo i spent a lot of time in all of these cities or hong kong right right it could be any of these cities right or vancouver so but just to sort of grab people and say hey let's do a podcast together or you know speak to these guys or there's something here right and we, we try to talk about it in the last podcast, but it's hard to sort of put your finger on it. It's like there's something here that it just seems so open to doing stuff. That's if I can just chime in. That's why I stayed. Like you know, I came, I came here for three months, and within about the first two weeks, I was like, I'm going to be here for a while. Right. It's that quick. There's and 
I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know exactly how to explain it. And two and a half years later, I don't really know how to explain it either. But it's just that's something, right? Uh, and it's here. Did, did it, you have like any sort of examples of that? Like you know, in those first sort of few weeks where things just got done like that. You know, like uh, maybe getting your apartment or getting meetings or getting jobs or whatever. Was it just so much easier here or well, tangible? Well, so I kind of, I mean, I ended up at Xnode uh, in my in my first week that I was here. And you, I, did you come with Xnode? No, 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 no. no. So, so I just how did that work out? So how did you my uh, my uncle has uh, has known Way through a business network. Right. He's he's part of EO actually as right. well. Uh, and so it was. It was the same week that the Jing'an space was opening up. So my uncle knew that the Jing'an space was opening right. up, and said he probably needs a hand. Why don't you go ask him for an internship? And that's literally what happened. And right. I walked in and said okay, and came into work the next day. <laughs> and it's like it is that fluid and that kind of random and crazy here in China. But that's kind of that's kind of the magic of it. Sometimes I guess. And and Carmen, you know, I just texted her on the way here. Like, mm. hey, you want to come hang out? Mm. And she's like, yeah, sure. You know, and then she's here now. What is that though? I mean, this I don't see this anywhere else. I mean, the nearest I see to this. And now Nista is coming here. Right, right, exactly. It's like you know, it's it's not it's easy to bring. Not easy, I would say, but people are willing to go out of their right. comfort. It's not me, is it? It's not like everybody wants to meet me, is it? I'm not sort of some special celebrity. It's the Shanghai thing, it's, right? Yeah, it's like people want to just meet yeah, and right, know right. people and get together, right, yeah, right. and know about new things. Yeah, I see that. I mean, you spend a lot of time in, in Silicon Valley. I see that there, that in a way it's easy to meet people there. You know, when I first went to Silicon Valley, I thought it's like, it's because I'm British. Like they want to meet me because it's kind of like interesting, but it's not, it's like they're everywhere, right? In Silicon Valley, people want to meet, people want to do stuff, but I really get a sense of it here, right? Here is even quicker than Silicon Valley. It's like the China speed, which, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's also one of the reasons that I, I, I chose to came back. Because I felt like uh, actually in Shanghai, people are, are more open-minded to new ideas. Mm. So if you have something new, you want to test it. I think actually it's the Shanghai is one of the best places. You can, you can try your MVP and test it. Right. Yeah. People are more forgiving of uh, you know, less than stellar products. Mm. Yeah, you won't ruin your brand if you launch it here and it fails. You, can, you have a second chance. Right. Yeah. Like one year ago, I had a, a idea about mixed reality dining experience. And that, at that time, I had this idea in LA. And at that time, I, I searched in LA. There is no such uh, uh, dining restaurant exists. And then uh, that's why I came back with this idea. And actually, in China, in Shanghai, there is already a restaurant or doing that multi-sensory restaurant wow. for uh, three years already. And it was amazing. So... So with this idea, I, 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 um, uh, uh, this idea actually attracted, um, more than 30 people, the volunteers. Actually, we, at the end last year, we actually did a MVP about this, uh, experience mm. with TEDx speakers. So I couldn't imagine this could happen in any other cities. So in fast. LA? In, um, could it happen in LA? Could it happen in California? Cause I mean, that's really the benchmark, isn't it? If it can happen in California. But. Yeah, maybe. I would say like there are two cities I really like. One's LA, mm. one's Shanghai, but Shanghai is even faster. Right, right. It's different, yeah. right? But what about, I mean, like comparing like Shanghai to Nanjing, is it a Shanghai thing or is it a China thing? Cause like if you go back to Nanjing, could you get those kind of meetings and no absolutely no, no. no. <laughs> is not not so you know advanced to shanghai i was there a couple months ago right mm. i was giving a talk at startup grind they were mm. just starting up uh i think but i think nanjing can can get there they right. i think they are trying to get uh, education and ai to come to nanjing yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that the, um the people is the key mm. like shanghai has the most talented people from all over the world so this really drives this, uh, gives the vibes of this city. Yeah, it's super metropolitan, right? Like, it's like the next New York, uh, or the New York of Asia, sorry. Uh, and when you have that many people with that many different backgrounds collaborating, that, yeah. that's something super, super cool. So yeah. I think that's kind of what sets Shanghai a little bit aside from mm. the rest of China. Uh, mm. Even though you do have, like, also really quick innovation happening up in uh, Beijing and down in Shenzhen, Guangzhou. But for me, Shanghai has just still got that kind of super unique uh, thing with the international uh, component to it. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, have you been back to Vancouver since you've been here? I, I have. And you know, Vancouver has a huge Chinese population, right. by the way. Our, exactly. It's like 35% or something of Vancouver is, yeah. uh, is yeah. Chinese now. And right, right. They're uh, the ones that are responsible for the real estate bubble there, right? Yeah, well, they're, tr- they're trying to do some work to, to curb that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to comment on it, but... Uh, All right. yeah, no comment about that. <laughs> There's definitely been some Chinese money uh, right, right. heading over there. Right, so it's quite Asian in the field, but you know. Yeah, I mean, when I was, so I was, I went to a public high school in Vancouver, and uh, I have probably, uh, I, I, well, I remember you know walking in there on day one, and you'd probably say like forty percent of the school was Chinese, and then yeah, uh, you know maybe ten percent Vietnamese and ten percent Filipino, and like you get all the and there's a big Indian. Uh, community in in vancouver as well and then you get down to like uh you know the the sort of white folks like me and i'm like three three to five percent of the school right uh, you know okay so hilarious like man to man white guy to white guy right because i want to know because like i spent a lot of time outside of those communities right and you've grown up like surrounded by people who physically visually didn't look like you right i'm just wondering what the sort of impact that's made on you sort of coming here as well did did it make you more sort of easier to integrate uh yes and no i mean i think like i've always been a pretty open-minded uh guy uh so i don't think that necessarily changed i think what really surprised me though is because you know i grew up with a lot of chinese peers right but Mm. but chinese that are born in canada and that grow up in the Canadian education system, they don't have the same culture as people who are born in China. Like right. it's, it's pretty different. And so that was, I thought that I knew what Chinese people were like because yeah, I'd grown up with them all my life. But then I moved over here and I was like, okay, this is super different. So that right. was a big shock for me. Uh, but it, you know, it's fine. It's just different. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, a little surprising there. But in general, no, I wouldn't say. Right. Uh, wouldn't say that that affected it too much okay but here's the thing right i mean we've been in shanghai all day hanging out with all different kinds of people and everybody i've met here has been like super international yeah you know, this, this is the the fascinating fact right is that actually i don't think have i met somebody who was born and raised in shanghai today uh no right and we've met 20 30 people yeah, today yeah i mean it's phenomenal if you think about it and if you think if you go way back mm-hmm. to the beginning of like the the genesis of San Francisco, right? You know, San Francisco, that was like everybody that moved to San Francisco way back in, you know, late 19th century, early 20th century, they all came from all over. You had like Chinese money, you had Jewish money, you had Irish, you had everybody moving there. Right. And that created that hub, which was like the fertile ground for, you know, what came later on, like the technology scene. So how important that is. I just wonder, because I mean, how important that sort of international element is because people don't think Shanghai is international, right? I mean, they, they think of it as, a, as like a Chinese city and people like, you know, people come here and they don't speak English, right? But you know, I think that's only the people who have not been to Shanghai, you know, like mm-hmm. Shanghai is like the most cosmopolitan city I've ever been to. Right. Yeah. So like, can I, can I live here without speaking Chinese? Yes, in Shanghai, you can absolutely live here for many years without speaking right. a single Chinese yes. word. I but have many know, friends. That was not, it was not like this 10 years ago though. No. Yeah. But now it has changed. Like 10 years ago, you had to speak Chinese. That's the only reason I speak Chinese. Right. But yeah, if I had come here like now. I, and you're married. Chinese so. now? I think 13 years. Okay. Right. Oh, sh- wait, 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 wait. So I've got to introduce. We got a, we got a guest who's just kind of rocked <laughs> into into the studio. Introduce yourself, young lady. Hello, my name is Nishta. Uh, Nishta Mehta. Uh, I'm a lean innovation coach. Um, very passionate about bringing the startup culture and fail, learn, hack, fail again, and build your products right. uh, in a corporate environment. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, my background is in digital innovation, digital marketing. Been in China for 13 years. 13 years. 13 years. Uh, and where are you from? Are you from India? Originally from, from India. From Mumbai, New Delhi. Right. Okay. Right. And the shores of Shanghai attracted me to come and try working here. Right. So I quit my job in Mumbai in India uh-huh. and I decided to move here and I jumped right into the digital marketing wave. The growth and seven years back, I quit my full time job to start my own consulting. Right. So you came Central. here in two thousand five. Two thousand five. Wow, 
ंग I got introduced to somebody on WeChat. I'm yet to meet in person. Yeah. And he used to work here in China. He went back to the to India, and he's come back to restart his startup in, um, if I'm not wrong, in in the automobile area. Right. B two B B two B business. So very much an oasis for people to experiment and yeah. try. And yeah, a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Wow. So just rounding up, I mean, it's been amazing speaking to all of you guys today. I mean, it's just been so enlightening uh, as an outsider. I mean, but in, in a way, you're all kind of outsiders in Shanghai, <laughs> right? You know, you've all sort of come from the outside to Shanghai and you've made a go of it. And one of the things is that a lot of people listen to the show. I mean, like those three students today, I mean, they, they think about maybe I can get a piece of that Asia action, right? A lot of people from the outside listen in and think now this is the time to think about Asia. So I'm just curious, like, what kind of advice would you give those people? Like, how, you know, what do you do? Do you do you just buy a ticket and fly to Asia? Do you, you know, do you find a company that can sponsor you to come across? Because now it's happening. You've got to go and get part of the the Asian century, effectively, right? Where do you start? I mean, if you're if you're a young guy from Vancouver. Well, What's the first step? I, I say just get yourself here is the first thing. Right. Uh, get yourself here uh, and and just come for the long haul. Uh, I think that's really important. Uh, I've seen a lot of people come here thinking it's going to be easy. <laughs> I, I really uh, I, and I, I mean businesses and individuals like pe- people coming here saying uh, they think they can take advantage. They think they're smarter than uh, what's going on in Asia, and they come here and they're arrogant. Uh, and it's crazy how many times i've seen this actually right. it's so much the opposite like it's actually quite difficult here uh not just to like live here but actually to sort of figure out a way to do things uh here um so the first commitment is to like come here do it and and commit to it and then deploy empathy realize that you're a foreigner here mm. as you said that we're all outsiders here uh, and to actually like learn from the ground up uh, mm. because it's different here and it and, and uh, like really is different here and you really need to approach things differently and appreciate that you are an outsider mm. at all times right because otherwise you're you're gonna come away looking back at the experience and saying what happened right you know yeah do you have to have a, a right mindset to make that work because you know yes you said it's not for everybody right 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 because what what who are the people that don't make it because i think it's it's important to spell it out like what's the wrong mind i know you talk about the arrogance or whatever but is there somebody like that comes here typical you know maybe doesn't make it work i don't don't like profiling people too much so i don't want to i don't want to say like a specific type of profile uh all right let me make this easier right you know you you talk to you need to have tolerance. Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, and, and empathy, empathy right. and right. tolerance because right. things happen differently here. Yeah. And you might have one way of, you know, in your mind, you might have one way of doing things and things don't work that way here. Yeah. You know, for example, there's no that's personal space. People will come very close to you yeah. and you need to be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and there are certain ways like, you know, but things are changing though, you know, you know, previously, like 10 years ago, people would smoke everywhere. Mm-hmm. You are here, you are in their country, you know, you, you do what they do. Or if you don't like it, yeah, go or you change. I think you, you said it really well. There's a lot of opportunities here, uh, but you're in their country. And so if you want to take advantage of the opportunities that exist here, you need to understand it. They exist here 
under their rules. Mm. So you have to kind of accept that that it's it's not always the same as back home, and and you know you get certain opportunities here because of that, uh, but you also have to tolerate it. So yeah. Can I just add one? Yeah, more? yeah, sure. Let's get some opinions before we round up. Are do you are do you two guys last? <laughs> my uh, learning from just from my experience, there are two things. Um, one is about uh, getting your hands dirty. So that's the first thing I did in two thousand five when I landed. Um, I was desperate. I thought I will get a job. I used to work in Ogilvy in India, and I just landed here thinking I'll get a job again with Ogilvy. It didn't happen, so I decided to get my hands dirty and just volunteer my time. And I did the same when I quit my job in two thousand ten. I said my goal is to be a fast learner, and I don't care about hierarchy and all that. I left at a very senior job, and I said I'll get my hands dirty. Um, Work not necessarily for free, but at a value exchange. That goes to my second point. First is volunteer your time, figure out where you can add value and you can learn. Second is connected to the first one, which is a value exchange, and I'm a big believer of that. I don't agree uh, exactly what you said uh, uh, in terms of you're a foreigner, you're an outsider. I don't have that mindset at all, uh, and this is from experience. I think the key is the value exchange, even if you're a foreigner. A lot of people come from small towns in China. They think they're a foreigner in Shanghai. So I think my learning is value exchange. If you can offer something in terms of your skill set or your uh, uh, approach to work or your contribution, the other person gives the same. And if you can figure out, if I have to work with you today, I said, what's the value exchange? Maybe I have some skill set. You have some skill set. Can we bring to the table? And then you earn the respect of the other person. So. Volunteer and value exchange. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Volunteer—that's a big one. It's, it's such a good way to get involved in the community as well, right? And build that network. Carmen, obviously, you came from Nanjing si. to Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten years ago.、Uh, I remember when I j- came here.、Uh, actually, I was with a very small suitcase with only two jackets,、mm-hmm. and that's it. With a hundred dollars. Were you committed when you came here? Yeah, I was pretty sure that I'm gonna stay here. Right, you're in for the long haul, as Jasper says.、Right? I didn't tell my parents I was here.、Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just came here, and I came here with the、uh, two best friends. Yeah. Unfortunately, they left after two months, and I stayed. Right.、Mm-hmm. That must have been a challenge, though, when they left. That you might have in your mind that maybe you should as well. Um. No. Never. 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 Right. But why?、Yeah. Why did you succeed and they f- left? Um, I think I was lucky that、mm. I find a job on、mm. the second day when I arrive, and they just didn't find a a、right. good job. Yeah, so they yeah、left. you went out and hustled, <laughs> <laughs> found the job. Yeah. All right.、Mm-hmm. Thank you, Carmen. Finishing up, Vincent. Obviously, you know you've you've were born in Hong Kong. Yes. Now、so、you're in Shanghai. In you consider、yes. yourself. Both fluent in Shanghainese. Yes, because my parents right, used right. to live here and study、right. here. And you, you, you've been here the second longest, right? Second longest. Twelve years. End of.、Uh, I was here、uh, October of two thousand five. Right. October. Right. Yeah. Yes.、Yeah, so. Two thousand seven. Two thousand five. That's late. That was, that's yeah, different century. Yeah. But you, you can't. I mean, you could always have gone back to Hong Kong. So what、yes. kept you here?、Uh, actually, you know. Uh, I actually, I w- originally I didn't have that mindset of being in Shanghai for the long haul. I was thinking, oh, I I lived in North America for ten years. I was like, I l- I lived in LA for for、like、five six years. So I was like, yeah, like LA. So maybe I probably would go back. But afterwards, I realized it's like you know, I I think I I want to stay in this city, and that and that pushes me to really a、uh, few things is to learn fast.、Mm. And localize fast, and really、uh, drop my ego, and all these things to to. And I think these three few things really helped me to to、uh, be here today, talking to you all and sharing.、Uh, especially、uh, drop your ego. Really, totally agree with、uh, Jasper here. Is that I, I, I study in U.S. I I I I sound American. So don't think you 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 are better than anyone. That's really important. Don't think I was born in Hong Kong. Don't think you are better than people here. And so I dropped that, and then I, I learn fast. Learn really.、Uh, when I landed, I didn't know how to do pinyin. For a few years, I didn't know how to pinyin. And then one day, it's like、uh, I met my wife. 
uh, I, I was okay. This is the girl I want to marry. So I start learning pinyin. <laughs> I remember the motivation. first, yes, the first sentence in pinyin. It took me half an hour to to type. But now I'm really, really, really fluent in that. People don't even know that can tell that I'm from Hong Kong when just like typing. Right. I have a little uh, Cantonese accent when I speak Mandarin. But all these things localized, but really learn the culture, learn this thing. Go. Uh, take the metro, go to a tier three cities, tier four cities. I love going to tier three, tier four cities to just go to the supermarket, go to the shopping malls, just to see what people are doing, what kind of things they're buying. Of course, what kind of clothes they're buying, mm. what the price point, what kind of brands. I, I love doing these kind of research. And that really helped. That's the empathy as well that came up as yes, well. I think that's yes. such an important part. Yes. Carmen, you want to add something just before we round up? Yeah, I just want to add a uh, one thing that I I think people everyone should stay hungry, mm-hmm. stay foolish, right? And that is uh, um, somehow I I I feel a lot of people they don't have this mindset. Even mm-hmm. when I was in Europe, I was in US. A lot of people they think they are in the best economy or mm-hmm. um, they know everything or they are the best. So they do not uh, accept a lot of different opinions, mm. but actually uh, nowadays the world is changing, and mm. they do not know about China, but they see a lot of comments, which is not actually the truth. Mm. Um, so I really suggest if people they would <clears throat> like to know something about China, just get the tickets and fly over here, and not just come here as a tourist, but live here for one or two months and get really get to know the city and meet the people, and then you will. Realize what you saw before is actually quite different from what is the truth. Wow, <laughs> great advice! Thank you so much, all of you, for your time today. It's been really inspiring. Really, I mean, being in Shanghai has been inspiring. But just listening to your stories, I mean, we all learn through stories, right? Yes. And I think your stories today shared have really, you know, will inspire people. Because you know, every one of your stories really is a story of commitment. You know, you've all committed. You've all, you know, gone through some shit, right? Like coming here wasn't easy, but you've all stepped outside of your comfort zone. And I guess the thing is, as well, we, a theme that came up today is that when you're surrounded by other people who do that, that's fantastic because you really feel motivated. But at the same time, you don't realize how much you've achieved, right? How far you've come. Because everybody else around you has, but you know, like if you compare yourself to air quotes normal people, right? You've achieved so much just like coming here and like you know making a success of it. So you know, thank you so much for sharing those stories. Yeah, yeah, we should give all of us. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.